Hello, listener. You know what we're going to ask. <laughs> if you like Life of Bi and you've been listening to a while and you've been wondering if you're going to ever donate, maybe today's the day. <laughs> this episode, this podcast is independent and purely funded by our Patreons. You can join the crew and it is a crew because we post stuff on there, we chat to people, we have messages, we comment, we post pictures. I mean, extra bloopers if you pay a bit more. Um, So it is is happening. Um, You can join at patreon.com forward slash life of bye. Thank you. Bye. the second half of this juicy double bill on queerness and judaism that's right this is the second half so if you haven't listened to the first half we really recommend that you do because the two interviews that we we had were Mm. completely amazing and you won't want to miss what they have to say yes we spoke to yaz and rabbi judith levitt who were absolutely amazing and we learned all about the meaning of shavuot and the value of interpretation when it comes to religious texts. At the end of the previous ep, we started chatting to Hava from the Queer Yeshiva. Hava is one of its co-founders. Um, we mentioned last time that the Queer Yeshiva teaches Talmud to queer Jews and hosts queer Jewish events like Geda or Seder or Passover. <laughs> <laughs> and even though it's been going a short while, it's really popular. So there's a deep need and it's it's... It reflects on the state of institutional Judaism. Mm-hmm. There are no spaces in what we could consider, you know, the shuls, the synagogues, the spaces of learning for queer Jews to come study, recognize their tradition as something that is queer. I guess we started our first proper stuff was on February last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and we teach Talmud, which is, I don't know if you know what the Talmud is. We do, because we've done a bit of research, yeah? <laughs> Neither of you are Jews, am I correct in assuming? Yeah, so there's also, this is a this is an interesting dynamic of, can fall into perhaps some sort of alienation. But anyway. Um... So in the previous episode, we did sort of tease that this interview with Hover was a bit more, um, like, challenging or a bit nerve-wracking for us, at least, yes. than the other two. Um and that's just because she had, I guess, like the, I don't know, she's okay with being like, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, and like this, the, this bit, uh, talking about the alienation, I uh-huh. think that word alienation like pinged for both of us. Uh-huh. I, I, we were both sitting next to each other and we, I just felt both our sphincters clench. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. It like, was a sphincter clenching oh, moment. Yeah. She was like, should, what, should yeah. we be doing this? Why do you think we felt like, what do you think that was, um, that was about for us in that moment? I think it was that sensation of being like, for me, it was like a realization of the fact that 
we were sort of just like visitors to this thing that that this person was like living permanently yeah and that there's so much that we don't know Mm. and uh also that that seen in the worst way it could be seen as like kind of like tourism yes i think i suddenly felt like i was like there is there is an element of we're we're coming to this with quite a lot of ignorance yeah right even with the research that we've done we are obviously miles behind light years behind someone like Hava or rabbi judith levitt this when the whole their whole life has been yeah learning this and so we suddenly were like whoa are we is is what we're doing are the questions we're asking inappropriate like when does trying to learn about a a culture turn into like just being a bull in a china shop yeah like marching through yeah and like the deep-seated fear of being like is that what Hava thinks that we're doing right now and i feel like this is like a common this happens a lot in the age that we live in with learning about like other cultures or other faiths or other yeah because we there's just a lot of fear we're worried about getting it wrong yeah we're worried that's basically it right we're worried about getting it wrong and we're putting that out here Mm. now and when hava said the alienation thing we were both like we could get this wrong it was the realization that we could get this wrong and in fact we did get it wrong by talking about faith Faith is an extremely re- Christian word, I think. Okay. Um, I'm a Jew. You know, my mother's a Jew. I was raised a Jew. My mother's an atheist. I think now she would describe herself as agnostic. Mm-hmm. But, you know, she considered herself very strongly a secular Jew. Yeah. Right. And so I was raised with this in, in very, I would say, Jewish ethics. This ethics that you stand against oppression. And as a Jew, you're on the side of the oppressed. As a Jew, you're against violence. You're against these things. Um, we have a history of, you know, being oppressive, a history of being genocided. We understand what it feels like. But she doesn't relate that in any way to God, you know, Hashem. And I know uh, atheist rabbis, personally. I feel like I'm being quite combative. I really don't mean to be. I'm sorry. And in response to that, we, of course, were like, no, 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 not at all. No, not combative at all. But actually inside we were like, ah! we were freaking out a bit yeah it's really interesting as well like you cannot hear you can't hear this in the interview we listened to the interview back and i was i was thought that we were gonna sound scared yeah and like we we didn't yeah and it doesn't sound and i was actually being like so friendly yeah but we just felt really out of our depth yeah we just suddenly felt out of our depth and i think it's fair to say that like that doesn't actually happen to us a lot these days not to like blow trumpets but oh yeah i see what you're saying Yeah, yeah yeah like we inter- we do interview quite a lot of people. That's what I mean. Yeah. I feel out of my depth all the fucking time. <laughs> <laughs> what I mean is <laughs> when we're interviewing people, because we've been doing that now for like five years. Yeah. That sensation of sphincter clenching, of being like, oh, what's going to happen? Yeah. Doesn't happen to us as much as it used to when we first started doing this work, right? Yeah. Yeah. And... I think what we've learned from experience is that's not necessarily, that's never actually a bad sensation. Exactly. It like comes when you're on the precipice of growth. Out of interest, like, do you know what a rabbi supposed is? Do you know what a rabbi is? Mm. <laughs> I think any presumption that I thought I did has gone. <laughs> so a rabbi is, is a Jew who's learned a lot. Rabbi means my teacher. There is no, no, a rabbi is not close to God. A rabbi has no claim over Hashem. A rabbi can't speak in more 
better ways to God or anything like that. A rabbi is just someone who's learned a lot. And it was clear, fittingly, because she is a student rabbi, that Hava had learnt fuckloads. Yeah. This is an interesting question anyway, because like, I nanny as one of my many <laughs> jobs. One of my many money jobs. What do you call it? Muggle jobs the other day. Yeah. Anyway, one of my other jobs is I nanny and the kid that I was nannying, I was telling him just for something to say, because sometimes it's not much to talk about with a 12 year old. I was like, oh, we interviewed a queer rabbi today. And he was like, what's a rabbi? And I was like, <laughs> I was like we just interviewed. I should know. Yeah. But I was like, it's the uh, Jewish version of a priest. Interesting. Which is really it's, telling. Yeah. Because it's like, even though I wasn't raised Christian, mm-hmm. I'm still understanding Jude, like Judaism through the lens of Christianity. Yeah. Because that's what I've like absorbed growing yeah. up in England. You've been socialized in a country that is Christian. It's like a little Christian box that we try and get everything to fit in. Mm. And we don't even realize that we're doing it. Yeah. Because it's invisible. Like, I don't like. It's not something that you and I personally identify with. No, so like God, you, we've no. contended with being from Britain, which like sucks because it sucks. <laughs> and like you contend with your whiteness, and you contend with the patriarchy, you uh-huh. can contend with capitalism. But because I don't identify as Christian, I'm not a Christian. I don't think I've ever contended with the fact mm. that there are ways that I think which are to do with Christianity. Absolutely, and Hava even said Hava even said that. Like she said, Christianity is a christendom Mm -hmm. like it's a kingdom that we all live in and under because of colonialism including jewish people yeah including yeah and last time in the last episode well in the christian episode we were like oh christianity got a bad name in this podcast um but there is a reason for that yeah (laughs) um like literally a few weeks ago the king had his coronation and it was a Christian ceremony held in a Christian space broadcast by the BBC, the state broadcaster. Fucking... Like, the church is the state. Still. And it's like, it's like the divine right of kings shit. Yeah. You know? We're still living in that in yeah. many ways. So what Hava showed us is that we are, like, inside a way of seeing that we weren't conscious of and that Judaism is another way of seeing the world. And did that affect how you felt about doing the interview with us? Absolutely, yes. Absolutely, because I realised, I think, that uh, we come from different cultures. Mm-hmm. Mm. Hence, and there's a Yes, and there's an injunction, you know, which is something I don't believe in, which is do not speak, do not share Torah with a non-Jew. Okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so you know and of course like god forbid and, and uh, you know we have to understand that judaism was re- was born was 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 fired in trauma you know mm-hmm. in the destruction of the temple in the exit in the exile and this kind of trauma so much halakha jewish law ways of walking comes from deep deep thousands of years of this kind of traumatic response to power um, so I view that law as a as a trauma response, but even so, you know, it is difficult, right? Like now, who's going to listen to this? You know, given what you're saying about feeling incompatible or or like support, like uh, technically not being able to talk about the Torah to non-Jews, why is a conversation like this? Why are you here? And there was a long silence 
and we waited with bated breath, worried that this might be the end of the interview. And then she said, um, Did you say that you used to date? Yeah. That's why. I thought that was really interesting. <laughs> that was a real hook that was a hook I was like wow fair enough <laughs> the fact that we used today is honestly the gift that keeps on giving <laughs> thank thank fuck who knew who knew to what extent that would pay off you know <laughs> so that was the short answer but the long answer is... And there's a psalm, I think it's... We said it today because it's Shavuot for Hillel. I think it's 116. It says, I call out to Hashem in narrowness, and Hashem answers me in expansiveness. And we have to be careful not to be narrow. And there's a, there's a self-ghettoization that is dangerous. Because the less people know, you know, when people stop to see the Jew or any other people, anyone who inhabits a minority queer people that's where violence occurs um, but at the same time no one knows what a jew is you know like you were saying that like you've been jews many jews don't know what a jew is mm-hmm. um, and it's important for judaism to be spoken of in in, in the way that it exists in an expanse mm. without narrowness do you know what it was actually pretty comforting to hear that some Jews don't know what a Jew is. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, for you. <laughs> like, it's not just us. <laughs> but it's apparently, like, yeah, doesn't understand this concept. Yeah, because, honestly, throughout the interview, we had been grappling with what it means to be Jewish. Like, Hava said, yeah. it's not a faith. Yeah. It's not, it's not even a religion. Yeah, she kept defining it in terms of what it's, like, not and what uh-huh. it's against. And it felt like the idea of, like, Jewishness was just shifting and constantly changing around us. Aha. Uh-huh. And then... But that was crucial, mm-hmm. in a way, to, like, getting the key into it. Yeah, because this idea of existing in an expanse suddenly resonated with us as queer people because mm-hmm. it's the same as queerness, right? Queerness can't exist in narrow or constricted spaces. Queerness needs expanse as well. And that's how we can understand why so many Jews are queer. Yeah. so many queers are Jews. Mm-hmm. Because Judaism and queerness share the same flavor. Mm. You're, both, you're both inside and outside. Mm-hmm. You live in the nation and outside of it. You live in the community and outside of it. As a queer, you're an other and not an other. You mm-hmm. also have to learn your own history. Mm. You have to understand what it means to be a queer, to be a Jew. You have to learn it. You know, it comes down for us, to our ancestors. We have to, and that history is often destroyed you know, buried, we have to dig it up, we have to work together Mm. um, in it. And also it predisposes you to be on the side of, against power, because Mm. you live in the cracks. Mm -hmm. You can pass and not pass. You can pass as a non-Jew, and then you can not pass. You can pass as non-queer, and then you can not pass. Mm. So the queer and the Jew, we're very similar. Mm. The flavor is similar. You know when you're interviewing someone and then they say they say something and you're like, fuck me. <laughs> like, that is elucidating. It's illuminating. I feel like I suddenly see. I suddenly see. 
Yeah. And then, like, when we transcribed it, mm-hmm. which we always do, obviously, afterwards, you're, like, typing it and you think, I can't believe someone just said this. <laughs> like, yeah. someone said... I, I'm writing it down and it feels like it's been, like scripture yeah. for, <laughs> for thousands of years yeah. but this just came out of Hubbard's mouth like flowing yeah it's incredible it's like deeply moving yeah and I think it's part of what we were kind of hoping for and searching for by researching this like mm. crystallize in a single moment and it also I've thinking about what she said to him like for days yeah. afterwards yeah and like this distinction between this idea, basically, this idea that you that you have to learn your history mm-hmm. and that there's, like, this distinction between a secular Jew and a religious Jew. Yes. This is maybe crass and might, people might hate this, but it, it, to my mind, as I've been thinking, like, processing this interview, I was like, oh, it's kind of the same as little Q queer and big Q queer. If you think about, so when we say, like, little Q, big Q, we mean little Q queer is, like, someone who's gay or lesbian or bi or whatever but and has those attractions but it doesn't necessarily like it's not necessarily a framework with which they view their life as just their Mm. sexuality Mm -hmm. and then like big q queer actually represents politics and philosophy and it's much 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 broader than just like who you're attracted to we mean capital q yeah yeah and that kind of way of engaging with queerness is more of a perspective than it is Mm. a sexuality it's It's like how you see the world yeah and i was like this is what informs everything yeah and i was like fuck i get it Mm. i get it so hard because what you're saying is like (laughs) being a jew is like a way of seeing the world it's not just how you interact or like it's it shapes mm. everything about you. Yes. And to engage with it properly, you you go you go in, right? Yeah. You have to, like the deeper you go, the more you the more you learn. I just thought it was so beautiful this idea of the like those these histories of struggle that they both share mm. and the fact that you learn more about yourself by engaging Mm. in that history and to engage with it is to wrestle with it Mm. and we have um jewish texts we can wrestle with and as a jew do you know what yisrael means do you know israel means it means god wrestler it means one who wrestles with god right so if one happens to be of yisrael then of course it's your job to wrestle with god so if you disagree with God, then thank God you're doing your job well. Mm. Like the Jewish role is to fit, is to disagree. Hence the Talmud. Hence the Hence the Talmud. Hence the and you know the Talmud people say it's the teaching. Another translation of Talmud is the argument. Mm-hmm. It's in some ways the Talmud is in some ways the argument against the revelation on Sinai. Right. Forcing the revelation to make sense. Mm-hmm. Forcing it to reflect course i think it was ben his very funny name ben bagbag who's in the talmud and he says he says turn the torah over and over everything is in it so of course it makes sense the torah is a queer text hmm. of course it makes sense the talmud is a queer text i mean it's all these men studying in a study hall i mean what were they up to i love the idea that like if they're if in history there's ever been a group of men anywhere you have to question what they were really doing (laughs) (laughs) like for a protracted period of time you just never know like hard study constantly (laughs) or hard study plus fun take some time off guys i think like uh 
there's something else. Another thing for us to untangle mm. that came apparent during the interview with Hover was like a Christian idea of morality. Uh-huh. Because in Christianity, there is a sense of good and evil. There is like, we literally have like a God and a Satan. Yeah. And there's like the snake and the apple. Yeah. So and, you've got yeah. like the idea of like goodness and evil is like separated into different elements. There are uh-huh. like warring parts of the universe. Yeah. And it's very binary. Yes. Very it's bloody very binary. binary. That's exactly. And, and, and as Harvard explained, as Harvard explained to us, there is no such distinction in Judaism. We have to understand that Hashem is everything. In Kabbalah, which is something I don't really know too much about, there's a word, there's a name. Hashem has, has many names, which is um, Ein Sof, without end. So if Hashem is the thing without end, and the thing that makes peace, that makes goodness and evil, we understand Hashem is the fabric of reality. Mm-hmm. That everything, you and me and us three talking, is Hashem talking. And that maybe our role in the world is to recognize Echad, that oneness. Mm-hmm. Maybe our role in the world is to heal it through Echad, mm-hmm. um, through a blurring of division, something queers are very good at. For Hava, this oneness means that there is no conflict in terms of her queer, trans, Jewish identity, because it's all Hashem. If we're given what we are, then surely, Baruch Hashem, that must be what we are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I would say that's a Jewish position, you know. So I am a student rabbi. Okay. By the way, I don't know if you know that. It hasn't been announced. So it's getting announced next week. I'm starting in September. Ooh. I'm the first trans student rabbi, I think, in Europe ever, which is quite <laughs> stressful. Well done. Um, thanks. And um, I think there's much precedent in Judaism for articulating transness and queerness in our, within our tradition. So we do have to acknowledge that if we were talking to an Orthodox Jew, this might be a very different conversation. Yeah, most, but not all, Orthodox Jews maintain that the Hebrew Bible forbids homosexual relationships and identities. We actually talked about that bit in part one. In With Rabbi Judith mm-hmm. Levitt, yeah. And um, emphasise that only marriages that consist of a husband and wife are consistent with Jewish tradition. Yeah. So in Orthodox Judaism, there's a focus on family and the focus of sex is to be procreative. Yeah. So um, the Babylonian Talmud, I actually came across this in my training to be a psychosexual relationship therapist. (laughs) (laughs) The Babylonian Talmud... um, prohibits emitting seed in vain, which some people read as masturbation, but can also be read as like any sex that isn't procreative. So that could be mm. two cis men having sex. Yeah. It could be penis to penis. Can I ask how that... how that Badge to badge. The list goes on. The list goes on. <laughs> we wouldn't want to give anyone any ideas. <laughs> can I ask um, how and why that that came up in your counselling course, just as a little tangent? Oh, because the um, the course director of the diploma is Jewish and right. specialises in working with Jewish couples. Right. So she has a little seminar online that I watched as a little extra because I was interested mm-hmm. about like Judaism and sexuality and how you would, as a therapist... Right. Like, particularly a non-Jewish therapist, mm-hmm. 
like treat a couple like that or like have a client as that have that kind of client and how you would work with them and it talks a lot about you'd have to work with a rabbi and also you have to have a fundamental understanding of the culture that you're working with yes because you can't just give the same old advice you can't, yeah it's not the same it's, advice isn't really it but no. you can't you have to be aware of that person's culture it's a huge part of all therapy to be honest but particularly mm. sex and relationship therapy because you're dealing with a taboo thing or an unspoken thing in most cultures not all mm-hmm. but like most mm-hmm. and so you have to be extra sensitive to what people are bringing to the table mm-hmm. the sort of colors of shame or the colors of limitation mm. mm. so it is important in this context for us to bring that up as well but like Harva, we're more interested in how jewishness and queerness like vibe together <laughs> rather than focusing on the ways that they don't and hava obviously has a very different reading on sex you know the question is should one have sex for procreation no because uh abraham and sarah they were lovers they, they are, are you know abraham and sarah they they slept with each other until eventually sarah could get pregnant like how old was she 90 i think so you know we learn from this that sex is for pleasure for closeness mm. it's not for procreation so it's totally halakhic to wear, to wear, you know, protection, to do all these things. Of course, yeah. I'm, sp- I'm speaking just for me, you know, like if you speak to, a, you know, that like every Jew, every community, every rabbi has their own opinion, right? Mm. So, you know, it's like a classic thing of like two Jews, three opinions. Thus concludes our interview with Hava. Uh, and more generally, our interviews for this kind of double bill of episodes. Yeah, safe to say this experience has left us feeling much changed. Much, much changed. <laughs> Elle, how are you feeling? Ah, it's a big question. I feel um, inevitably we're never going to get to the bottom of any of this. Um, <laughs> so there are points where you ask yourself like, why are we bothering? It's not our job to get to the bottom. No, though. it's not. It's our job to swim in the seas of uncertainty. <laughs> I certainly feel I'm swimming in the seas of uncertainty. Not drowning. There were points during the making of this episode where I felt uh, like really ill-placed to do it. Yeah, and also the sensation of trying to make something that is expanding as you go yes is a feeling of like almost being overwhelmed yeah like you can't hold on to it Mm -hmm. you can't grasp it and i think also like personally we both had uh we both had like personal relationships to this material Mm -hmm. that was like affecting all the research so for example hava asked us you guys are both non-jews right neither of you are jews am i correct in assuming I think I'm just like, there's a part of me that mourns the fact that mm-hmm. like, we'll never know yeah. that bit of the story. And like, cause my grand died, like I can't ask anyone, Yeah, which is sad. So there was a, like a sadness in this episode for me. Yeah. I was like seeing this beautiful, um, deep and from my perspective, deeply queer Yeah, <laughs> and listening to Hava and Rabbi Judith and Yaz. Yeah. Uh, have this connection to something that I didn't have access to. And like, 
I don't, I'm not like playing a tiny violin. Like I, I don't, I don't think about it day to day. Like, oh, it's so sad that that's gone. Mm-hmm. But inevitably you hit up against those things when you're focusing deeply on a subject like yeah. this. And you're like, that's a, I you know. I think also there's, that's like a really, you've got like a really personal perspective on that. But I also think it's relatable in a more general way, mm-hmm. which is like as a secular society, there is a degree of loss yeah of ritual the world Mm -hmm. that you and i live in this like western capitalist broadly secular world yeah doesn't have this like rich tradition rich oral tradition this like beautiful language Mm -hmm. like engaging with like language as, as beautiful as that is just does feel like so enriching yeah and if you don't have like i don't engage with that on a daily basis yeah. i think there's an element of of talking to hover where it was like um i guess it's like fomo it kind of is like a, like a feeling of like spiritual fomo <laughs> which is like i <laughs> i i would love to feel more connected to like a vein of mm. of uh well not faith so like a vein of like history or like spirituality or mm. um this wisdom that she has yes via of course i mean she's fucking intelligent but then also wisdom via something like the torah and ancient text yeah that she's able to read and i will i would love to mention here as well that we haven't included this but Hava read us some passages in hebrew and read us some uh poetry mm. um like ancient poetry like love poetry um which we didn't we didn't find a place for it in here and it also felt like um well she actually said it felt a bit like spilling secrets yeah yeah because it's her it's her personal work with the talmud it's her personal work of interpretation yeah and so so but but i think that 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 saying that to the listener informs what you're talking about because um because it was so beautiful yeah i was moved to tears (laughs) mary was moved to tears oh man i yeah do you want to talk about that a bit um well listen we've been thinking a lot about like loss and endings because of the show that we're making Uh uh-huh and i sometimes feel like um that's kind of what i felt during this interview Mm -hmm. was a sort of greater sense of loss and of like honestly just of like time and other people Mm. and or like a, a way of seeing the world or having a, like a ritual in m- like my life. I don't know what, I, I don't know what the queer version of this is. It's like we have like trans pride mm. and we connect over that, but there's something about the regularity of Jewish festivals and coming together mm. that I like mourn for, even though it's something I ne- I've never had, mm. but like nothing about my upbringing none of the ways that we do like christianity like christmas or whatever it doesn't mean fuck it means fuck all to me do you yeah. know what I mean? like, it doesn't resonate yeah. with me in any way and the things that we've been learning about judaism through this episode but specific specifically through hava have had huge resonance and i've been like oh shit this mm. is i really this like really appeals to me yeah i feel sorry that this isn't a vein in my life already Mm. So there's like tapping into a sort of like broad understanding of loss. Mm. And then she also mentioned a quote that that quote about expansiveness and narrowness. Yeah. It says, I call out to Hashem in narrowness 
And Hashem answers me in expansiveness. Which also made me cry. So there's a loss of that tradition. And then there's also the loss of like spiritual guidance, which I don't have. Mm-hmm. Or like you like make, make like a sort of piecemeal way of making your life makes sense. And that might be like meditation or like gratitude flow, whatever the fuck it is. It can yeah. be like a combination of like CBT, Buddhism, like whatever the internet yoga with Adrian. is. Yoga like, <laughs> with Adrian, you're like, this is my religion. I've sort of made, I've had to make myself some kind of spirituality yeah. because I do believe there's more, but like, and then it's like having a conversation with someone who has this connection to this ancient text and this, under- this like wisdom and spiritual understanding. You're like, where have you been all my life? And there was a point during the interview when Hava was reciting this poem that I was like overwhelmed and was like crying. And then it was really interesting what happened because it turned from being an interview into sort of like witnessing Hava um, become become like the rabbi, a rabbi, the rabbi that she's that training she to be. be. Yeah, yeah, because she comforted me using wisdom from the Torah. Yeah. She quoted it and that was how she engaged with me. And I just don't... Where else would you have that in your life? Mm. Like, I, this is actually resonates with why we... What we came, sort of came to conclude at the end of doing the very first series of this podcast, which is the value of queer elders. And Haver isn't that much older than us, but her engagement... Or possibly at all. <laughs> yeah. Haver's possibly younger than us. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, isn't that humbling? But you're right that you seek... Where are all like mentors? Yes, that's what I. That was the word. Where I was are all the mentors? For. Where Mentorship. are all the mentors gone? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Like uh, there was a point during uni. You know, I mentioned in uh, the Christianity episode that I was part of a chapel choir, and there was a point where I felt so lost. And one of the people who like was there was the chaplain. And, you know, there is a bit where you're like, well, I'll fucking convert then. Because you're like, (laughs) you're offering me something. Yeah. You know, and God, I didn't expect this conversation to take this turn. But that's also where fundamentalism comes in. (laughs) Because you're like, my life means nothing. Here's this person talking to me in a way that, like, calls to this deep yearning inside me. Yeah, of course. And also... Sorry if that was inappropriate to bring up. But, like... No, no, no. Whatever. Also, like... A lot of what Rabbi Jesus Levitt was saying is that Judaism is so much about community. Mm. And if you're in a place of, like, loneliness, which I have been, like, waving in and out of recently, yeah, that is also a huge pull towards something like this, which is, like, like people to eat with, people mm. to have something in common with, like, a community that isn't based on who I see day to day or where I work, but mm. has... A, it's, like, formed under like a belief in what life should be like yeah that would be like a queer space but most of the time when you're in a queer space you're like having a gnt and dancing it's not <laughs> it's not quite the same is it yeah it's not like breaking bread with people no you're just breaking out the mood <laughs> <laughs> no i think that yearning is the feeling i yearning. felt yearning i think that's the feeling i felt as well yeah Yearning is good, but yearning is painful. Mm -hmm. Before we leave you today, um, we just wanted to give you a few updates 
on what's going to be happening next for Life of Bi, um, we've mentioned a couple of times that we've got this show coming up, haven't we, Mary? Yeah. Uh, called The Last Show Before We Die. Which is going to Edinburgh Fringe this summer, which is really, really exciting. Yes. But it does mean that we're going to be... Um, well, we're really we're really ramping up to them now. But we're, we're going to be in rehearsals yeah. all of July and we'll be performing all of August. So um, we think we're going to skip the July episode. We're going to have yeah. to. We're not going to have time. So uh, we'll be hopefully back with an episode in August. We're going to be at the Fringe. So we're going to try and make something. We don't know what it's going to be. Yeah. And hopefully we'll be in a position to come back with more regular episodes in September. Yeah. Great. We still always love to hear from you. And if you have any topics that you want us to cover, still let us know. And also, I feel like it might be quite fun to like look at, like see, try and see loads of queer plays when we're in yeah. Edinburgh. So also if you're up at the Fringe in August and you see a bi show or a queer show... Let us know. Give us, drop us a DM. And we could do yeah. like a sort of like a tour of the queer shows of Edinburgh. And also maybe we can like meet up with you and say hi. Because part of this series is like reaching out. Yeah. Right? So reaching we want to meet baby. people. Um, anyway, we'll see you soon. We Lots love you love. lots. Bye. Goodbye. Life of Bi was written, edited and hosted by us, Elle Potter and Mary Higgins. Sound design and production by Tom Foskett Barnes. This podcast is supported by Patreon. You can become a Patreon at patreon.com forward slash life of Bi. Special thanks to our interviewees, Yaz, Rabbi Judith Levitt and Hava. And shout out to our patrons. We love you. I just want to say, it ain't over till the bisexual speech.